Yes, yes. What's going on, good people? This is MC Till with everybody's hip hop label. You're tuned into the Boom Bap Chat. We're on number 32 tonight. If you're looking for some dope music and you are here in Cincinnati, you can head on over to Everybody's Records. Or if you're not in Cincinnati, you can go to everybody'srecords.com and get you some good music. They always support the local hip hop scene, so we try to get back to them. Also, if you have not ordered your new Boom Bap Review Volume 2, you can get that and Volume 1 at boombapreview.com. So check that out, please. Very excited tonight because we have one of my, my favorite artists of the past 10 years. We have the one and only Stick Figure. Stick Figure, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, man. That's very yeah. humbling to hear you say that, man. Yeah, man. I I, I came across that, that joint you did with LaOrange mm. uh, when it came out. I was like, man, this, this dude's dope. It's a perfect blend. So uh, really, really appreciate the great music you've put out since then. So thank you, man. Yeah, man. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, it's good to have you on. Yeah, it's good to have you here tonight. So thanks for doing it. Uh, before we jump into the conversation, it's a must must know what everyone's been listening to lately. Uh, so what have you been listening to lately, Stick Figure? What's been on in your earphones? Lately, I've been listening to, man, because I listen to a lot of rap, bro. So if I were to, and this is just the honest to God truth, I've been <laughs> listening to a, a rapper out of Kansas City uh, who just came home from prison named Two Gun Kiwi. Uh, and this is dope. It's a new project called Blood Money 3. Mm -hmm. I've been slapping that, and I was slapping... Uh, I was listening to that Benny the Butcher too. Hmm. A lot, trying to get a feel for that record. What'd you think about that? I had mixed emotions, man. <laughs> I had mixed emotions about it. I think uh it's on me though. That's the thing. Like, since I do make music, I I I can get an idea of what's happening, you know. So I'm sitting there listening to it like so he got with Hit Boy. So it sounds like maybe he's the uh he's like the flagship for Griselda. Like mm. they're expecting him to be the the mace to their bad boy. Right. Even though he's way, you know, more lyrical and everything than Mace. But so for what it was, I enjoyed it. For what That's I cool. wanted, I didn't get what I wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. For but sure. yeah, shout out to two gun Kiwi though. Cool. Profound, what you been listening to? Man, <clears throat> this week. Oh well, I've been listening to Stick, actually. Um, and, <laughs> and, and the ver and the verdict is, oh, him? oh man, <laughs> don't spare, don't spare my bro, feelings, <laughs> bro, you are uber dope, man. Like I, I, I heard your name before, but I hadn't heard, I hadn't been in tune with your music. And I was, you know, telling Till before we got on that, man, I was in the shower B and I had your joint on, like, I just looked you up and just had it on shuffle. And smoke rings made me get out the shower. I was like, what the hell is that? It's <laughs> like, oh, and, and, and they kept, you know, kind of repeating the songs. And I was like, okay, so I started adding the albums. I was like, I got to dissect this brother. This brother is dope as hell. Much appreciated, man. Man, respect, right bro. Right on. Yeah. I.O. Moss, you been listening to anything lately? I've been listening to uh, this producer. I don't know where he's from. I think he's from Atlanta. Named Tuami. Tuami. Okay. Oh man, that dude is. He, I've been he been in my ears for the past three weeks, man. I can't get enough, man. Like this dude, he make beats literally on a MacBook Pro, man. Like he don't use an MP. He don't mm. use a. He make beats on a on a computer, bro. Wow. 
I got to show y'all the link, man. But that yes. that's the dude I've been listening to for the past like three weeks, man. He just been I I take him in the shower when I'm at work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah I'm just like he's he like dope. What's it sound like? Dilla esque. Oh, okay. Uh, like, right. that link, definitely Dilla, definitely uh like Pete Rock esque. Um and he just started, man, like not too mm-hmm. long ago. Like yeah. he don't have like it's not been like 10, 15 years. Like he early in it, but he like already running with Stone's throw. So Oh, that's dope. dope. Yeah. Dope, yeah. Man. yeah, if you have a link, put that in the chat and we'll, yeah, we'll check sure. that out for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dane, do you want to chime in? Tell us what you've been listening to lately. Flapping, Dane. Man, you know what? On the real, man, I've been actually listening to me, man. I've been, I've been album mode. Go. Right on. Yeah, I've been album mode, man. When I when I go in album mode, uh, actually, I'm finishing up this uh, this mixtape, man. I do pretty much <clears throat> everything myself, man. I just been kind of mixing and mastering and uh, working on my uh, my mixtape. It's called the Boba Jaeger. Which is kind of uh, off of uh, John Wick, retired killer. Yeah. So I feel like you know I'm a retired killer because you know I was in the game and then I kind of retired, moved down south, retired, and now I'm back. So that that should be coming out pretty soon, and I'll be oh. you know, working on my next project. You know, I, I I do I do my music like I play pool and like I play chess. You know what I'm saying? You don't make the move for you don't make this move. You make this move for the next move. Mm. You know what I mean? That's dope. Yeah, so, I like know, that. I, I play pool like that too. So working at you know just two projects at once you know what i mean and trying to do some visuals or whatever but outside of me man i listen to uh what i've been listening to lately man i just i just got finished dissecting that uh that new buster rhymes at extension mm. level again too that shit was dope <laughs> you know? i like it man i like yeah, it because it's scared of it because yeah. it i love buster so much I just you know what i like my favorite rappers and i'd be like if they be gone for a long time i get freaked out yeah, you like, I don't know what to expect. And I think everybody was kind of looking at it like that. But yeah. you know what? I like Buster Rhymes, man. I've always <laughs> liked Buster Rhymes. <clears throat> but I like it, man, because he just, he brought back that energy back to the game. He brought back that, I call it that rowdy hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Just that, you know, just come in, just be rowdy and just be lyrical. But you know what? It's still some subject matter on there that, that that's really big that kind of makes you think. And it's like, yo, he put he put together something real dope, man. So that I always go back to uh Black Thought, man. That's one of my favorite MCs. See, I've been missing. I always go back. That's dope. Black Thought, that, la- that last project he did. Yeah, I think it was, I think Dilla, I'm not Dilla, um Knife Wonder. I think he I think he produced the whole project. I gotta check. I can't remember what it's called. It's something volume one, man. It's oh man. Oh yeah, streams of thought. Streams of thought, volume yeah, streams one. Streams of thought. Yeah, that album it's is Ill. fire, bro. Yeah, it that is. album is fire. Yeah, and yeah I, it, I, I listen to that Benny too. Yeah, Benny. Hey, Dang, when you do your mixtapes in your in your music, do you produce it? Do you work with other producers? So I'm working with other producers right now, man. I did used to do. Um, I used to make beats when I moved down here, man. I just kind of got rid of all my equipment. And I jump back into it, I'm like, okay, let me just see what the what the kids is doing. Let me just see where it's going right now. Yeah. But I've been working with a lot of producers. Most of the producers on this mixtape, man, uh, there's two of them from uh, from the UK, man. Like the UK producers are just 
they killing the game right now, man. Yeah. I listened to some Papoose. He was working with this uh, UK producer as well. Working oh. with this uh, UK producer named Living and this other cat called Kills with the Heat. Then this guy named mm. Larico from Spain. Now that I think about it, most of the producers on this mixtape, <laughs> they ain't even in America, bro. Wow. But they, I mean, they just, they got that, like, hence the name of this, you know, this, uh, the stream here. They got that boom bad feel, man. They really yeah. embrace yeah. hip hop and they, they got it, man. It ain't where you're from is where you at. Really, it don't yeah, yeah. matter no more. So yeah. if it's fire, it's fire and they show love. So, hey, give me the beat and I, um, I'll take it from there. Yeah, right on. Well, we're going to have to check out your music too, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I chuckled when you talked about Buster because we 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 had a little bit of of an exchange last Thursday uh, talking about Buster Rhymes. <laughs> we won't go into it again. I like I like the album though. I should listen to Stick. I like the album. Good album. Listen, but I I've still been listening to that Buster Rhymes album. I've been going back still to his his entire catalog. And then today uh, I saw that Rock Marciano has an album coming out next week. So yeah, I had to go. I had to. I had to go to the, what's that? Said that Mount Marcy is highly anticipated. Mount Marcy. So I had to go back to the Rock Marciano catalog and pull yeah. it out today. So I've been listening to that yeah. today in, in addition I to Sticks. So. If, if I could say one more thing, man. I yeah, think that extinction level event, man, that I had posted something on my Facebook. I said, uh, to, you know, to, to somewhere where it was Buster Rhymes' new album is so inspiring because you got cats like me that's been doing it for a very long time. I was in, I was soloed and I was in a group for many years and then I retired, you know, I'm kind of coming back to the game. I'll actually be 47 next month, I mean, uh, next week. So it's just so inspiring because Buster Rhymes is pretty much around the same age. I think his birthday was like last month and I think mm -hmm. he just turned like either 47 or 48. But you got so many cats, man, that's like mid 40s, late 40s, early 50s, that's, that's fire. Yeah. That still can spit, it. Yeah. and I think I think I think it needs. To, I think they need to be heard, and it's not so much a young man's sport. You know, when we see you know just mainstream media and social media, and we look on TV. I just I was just watching. Uh, I have a Samsung TV, and they got this this these free channels or whatever, and it always lands on the Vivo Hip Hop channel. And I and I and I actually sat down for about thirty minutes because that's about all I could take <laughs> of these new of these new rappers. Nothing against them, man, but the wave is just so different. Yeah. And you got some cats trying to, you know, just kind of the the older cats like my age is trying to grasp into that and trying to do something new. But now, when you, I made a post on my Instagram like, look, I'm not trying to make nobody dance. I'm not falling in love with nobody. We ain't talking about no political shit. If you want to hear some bars, you want to hear somebody killing. Pick this up. If not, don't listen to my shit. Cause yeah. it's still it, it's still a lot of fans out there that want to hear that type of music. That want to hear that boom back. Yep. That want to get away from just the craziness and pills yep. and you know all this this devilish shit in their videos or whatever. Like they they be doing some crazy. I don't even get it. it no is wild. That's why I just kind of stay in my lane. And this is what I want to do. If you want to hear me, this is where you can get it at. But other than that, I don't know, man. But I, I think I mean back back to the point. I think. There's a lot of cats, to your point, Rocky Marciano, there's a lot of cats from around the ages, but it's about to be like, yo, Buster Rhymes opened up the floodgate. Now, it's, I think it's about to be some shit, man. Uh, 2021, I think it's about to be yeah, some shit. Definitely, and it's been, a, it's been a few good years of hip-hop, in my personal opinion. And I talk a lot about this new 
hip hop golden age I think we're in, you know, from my perception. There's been just so much good music over the past, you know, four or five years. And, you know, you talked about Elaine, you know, and, and this, you know, this perfect um, for a stick figure conversation. Like, you know, you don't have to have, you know, hundreds and thousands of fans. Like you just create a lane where you have a thousand or two fans and boom, you know, you're on your way to a, a lovely career, you know, doing something yeah. you love, you know? So direct to consumer. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. before, before we jump into your story, stick figure, I am curious to know, uh, as you think about concept albums mm. in hip hop, what would be one of your favorite concept albums in hip hop? That's the question of the day. Uh, my favorite concept album is a tie. I can't pick between these two. It's uh, Deltron 3030. Okay. Or um, the Prince Paul. Yes. Um, Prince Among Thieves album. Yes. Those two. I'll pick Prince Among Thieves. Um, just on the spot. Correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> that is, a, that is well, the correct answer to what is your favorite concept <laughs> album. <laughs> My favorite. Look, this guy completely. Look. Um, but no, nah, that album kind of like it opened me up to a lot of possibilities within hip hop. I yeah. was already a fan of Prince Paul because of De La Soul. Right. Um, because I mean, we'll get into it later, I'm sure. But like my journey through hip hop is like so like convoluted. Mm -hmm. But uh, but with that album, I was like, hold up, man. Like rap records can be really narrative and really expansive and really like like you can do parables with them. You can do yeah, yeah. so much with a rap album. Right. Like, Prince Among Thieves was like, there's been, I mean, I know, I'm sure all of the like historians know of plenty of concept albums that are maybe better or whatever, but that one was so many different things as a rap album that I didn't think you could do previous yeah. to be hearing it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I was like, Yo, this is, and I still go back to it. It still has yeah. that listenability. Like it's not mm -hmm. so dense to where like I'ma miss something. Or right. Like, you know, it's like you can still listen to it, you can still just throw it on, play it, and it's still a good time and you still get all the nuggets and information from it. But uh but Deltron thirty thirty is a close yeah second for concept album. There's some great concept albums, but you know, like even stepping back a little bit and looking at it analytically. A Prince Among Thieves is that album where it's like, it's so undeniably a concept, you know? Mm -hmm. Like there's, it's not, like some concept albums like very artsy and you kind of have to like really get into it and really listen to it and figure out what they're talking about and the metaphors and everything like that. A Prince Among Thieves is like, it's like watching a movie without the picture. Really you know is. what I mean? Like it's, and you could literally, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say like the modern answer to that is probably like Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like that's like yep. the more modern contemporary version of that. But when I hear that album, I'm like, nah, this is this is Principal Thieves is the blueprint for Good Kid Man City. It's right. just that Good Kid Man City is more than likely like his real life story. Yeah, yeah. Crazy you say that, bro, because I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's like that's that man real life, but Principal Thieves is like 
nah, we making a movie. Like, these are the characters. These are the set of circumstances. This is the premise. This is the narrative arc. Like, it's really that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm picking. I'm picking that. Dope, dope. Uh, like the, anybody else want to chime in with your favorite concept oh, album, hip hop album? What is it? Long Hot Summer. Mm, Master Ace, yes. Master Ace, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one too. Anyone from Master Ace? Yeah, Shout no, out to Ace, one, man. Like, yeah, yeah. What up, Ace? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah I, I still listen to that. Yeah, That's dope. I still listen to that. Y'all yeah. talking? Yeah, I got throw these backs on. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, we all in that. We all in that forty club over here. <laughs> yeah, let's get to it. Look, there you go. <laughs> Dane's got him too. Domo, Dane, man, I, I feel like an outcast in here. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have my glasses. Like you said, Dane, we all in that forty club, and we all MCs. Like ain't nobody stopped doing nothing. Nah, bro. Getting better with time. Ain't stop name. Now That's I can great. see who I'm killing better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's let's go back in time a little bit, uh, Stick Figure, and let's let's get to know you and, and your story. Um, you grew up in Topeka, Kansas. Yeah, I grew up. I had a split. Uh, I'm a tra- I'm a Topeka transplant actually. I was okay. Born in uh, in Kentucky. Oh. Um, on an army base. Okay. Uh, I spent few years in Germany mm-hmm. and, um, we we moved from my folks originally from the Memphis area okay. Delta area so all my roots are there but then we moved to uh, Junction City Kansas and then once my father got out of the service we moved to Topeka Kansas what around what age were you when you finally settled uh, in Topeka 12 12 do you feel like those early years moving around had a profound influence on your life? Oh, yeah. Oh, How yeah. so? Um, I learned about being adaptable. I learned about mm. being valuable in different environments really quick. Because, like, you got my folks who are, like, from the Deep South, and then you got me all the way overseas somewhere interacting with people. And, like, my kindergarten and first grade years were in Germany. So, like, you know that – uh that military environment is very diverse. Like everyone's from everywhere. Yeah. So I'm dealing with Germans off base. I'm dealing with all the military kids. Um, from They're all from different places. And then, you know, you just, you just learn to interact quickly and you learn to adapt quickly to whatever social environment you're around. Yeah. So it had an effect on me for sure. You know, my my mother-in-law was in the army, and so my wife mm-hmm. has a similar story, kind of traveling all over the place before she settled in. Her whole, like my wife and her whole family, they just seemed like very um, hospitable in a kind of a different way, just like very open. And I think a lot of that is because they just met so many different people, and their their yeah. worldview is influenced not by one bubble that a yeah. lot of us grow up in, but by a world. You know, do you, you feel like you had a similar? Yeah, you learn to you learn to be empathetic. Yeah, yeah. Different. You get learn to be empathetic to different people's set of circumstances. Right. Because another thing about the military too is a lot of people don't know this, or maybe they do know it and they just don't consider it. But like, there's still a um, like ranks is like class system. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if someone is like like my pops, like if he was like just a 
because he's on the bottom rank of it, you know, you still know that somebody who got all the stripes, they got a better spot <laughs> somewhere on your same little whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you like learn about all of that stuff early. Yeah. You know, it's really it's really weird when you look back on it because it's like, dang, everything is like that. Like there's like a yeah. cast system. I don't want to use cast, but that might seem too extreme, but there's, right. there's, there's always a system in place. Sure, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's your um? What is uh? What was your exposure to to hip hop before you came to to Kansas? Uh, my exposure to hip hop. Yeah, it's funny you say that, man. I was actually just uh telling somebody this. The first exposure I had to hip hop, it, it was twofold. It was when I was on the military base. My pop had a uh, he had we had uh showing my age. We had beta tapes, right? So we had all our stuff from, he had all his stuff from America on mm -hmm. the set, right? And, you know, you could fit a bunch of different stuff on it. So it had like all of my kitty stuff, it had like all my inspector gadget, all my, all that stuff. It also had Crush Groove. Mm -hmm. Crush Groove was my first exposure to hip hop. Uh, in particular, the scene where uh, LL busting around. <laughs> Box. Box. That, that was like, it just made sense to me. I was like, this mm. is the LL Cool J, man. I was like, that's the hardest thing. That's the coolest thing I've seen. And it's a whole movie full of cool people. But that scene with LL was the hardest to me because I was just like, mm. bro, he showed up with his man. And he just rapped. He didn't need nothing else. It was just him. <laughs> and the dope part was was uh, Jam Master J reaching for his joint. It was the other. <laughs> oh, Jam Master J was ready to, to do him in. <laughs> he stopped it with just his voice. Like, that's cold. And I remember that, like, that's the coldest thing ever. And then the second, and then this is how my, my hip hop gets informed, though, is like all my folks from down south. They was all Ghetto Boys, mm. UGK, uh, A-Ball and MJG, like all of that stuff on the cassette. So all my cousins, Too Short. So all that stuff was always being played my older cousins uh, anytime I got in the car with them. So that was how it all, that's how it all began, you know? That's dope, yeah. Do you remember uh, writing your first rhyme? And yeah. Why you, why you did that? Yes. Uh, I wrote my first rhyme with me and my cousin Freddie. I was visiting uh, my cousin Freddie in Dermont, Arkansas. And he challenged me to write a rap. Mm. And uh, <laughs> it was not good. I mean, <laughs> but I remember trying to sound like 3-6 Mafia real bad. <laughs> It, it it just kind of had that bounce to it. I don't remember yeah. the words, but it wasn't good. <laughs> uh, the first time I actually spit a rap was in Topeka. Mm -hmm. Damn, you're going to feel me on this. I was on second and Polk in, in the Central. <laughs> Nud with my homeboy. And, this, and at that time, I was obsessed with Corrupt. Mm. And 
You went through a corrupt phase? Oh, yeah. When I first got in Devious, I, went, I, I thought I was corrupt. I was in my corrupt phase, man. Uh, it was, you know, it was the whole trying to be lyrical, but also street kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. He called me on it. He was like, you sound too much like corrupt. You got to figure that out. Hey, bro, let me let me ask you something, because you just said that. When you listen to Snoop's first album, his first music, was you like me? Man, okay, that was cool, but what is corrupt going right? Corrupt I didn't even hear corrupt. If I gave a, you already know, man. My kids is still awake, but you know, if I gave, I'll be broke. I never had no. Okay, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so but yeah, that's kind of how it went. Yeah. So you were, you know, influenced by Three Six Corrupt. How did you find? Because you have a, for me, like when I hear you, you have a distinct sound and the the way that you flow. How did you come to that flow and, and to create your own style? It's wild, man. Um, because like like we were talking about, it's, it's the same thing with the military. It's the same thing with hip hop. And then being from the Midwest, we hear everybody, mm-hmm. right? But there was a stage in like my development of wanting to be a rapper where uh, I remember I was on the bus as a kid. And at this, ta- at this stage, See, I got a fact checker with me this time. So see, y- y'all lucky. He could be like, that's not true. But he, I'm telling the truth. I was on the bus and I remember uh, Biggie, uh, One More Chance. I want to say One More Chance. We had the B-side for Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. So I'm slapping that um, in my Walkman. And at this time in, in Topeka, it was like SIBO. Mm. Brother Lynch, huh? Those were like the guys everybody was listening to. Yeah, yeah. And my the guy sitting in front of me was like, "Man, what you listening to?" Now he took my headphone. He listened to it. So, man, we gonna listen to East Coast. Doing <laughs> <laughs> listening to East Coast. I was like, "Man, I I like it." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, listen, listen to this. So he throw this. This brother Lynch hung on me. Mm-hmm. EBK, okay, to the day I die. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, dang, this is different. So now, mind you, I'm like still trying to figure out what I'm going to do. So I'm like, how can I do what I do, but still somewhat appeal to the people I'm around? Because at this stage, we still like battle rapping all the time. Mm. Ciphers, you know, all that kind of thing. And I was losing battles because I wasn't killing nobody in my raps. So, <laughs> like, this is what was happening. Like, people wasn't getting smoked in the raps, and it was like, it's corny. Like, I can't right, listen right. to it. So, I kind of just started developing, like, all right, if I could figure out a way to, like, stay me and, like, I use the word synthesize. Like, you take all your influences, you don't bite. Mm-hmm. Kind of put them through a strainer and make your own thing out of it, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> like I just quit denying parts of me, like because, like I said, I was trying to be corrupt. That's not me. You're know right. I was trying to be at one point. I was trying to be three six. That's not me. I was trying to be a lot of things, and I was like, you got to just figure out what your thing is. So I was like, just put away all of the BS and just write 
and use your voice. Right. <clears throat> and that's kind of how it all, it came to be. You know yeah. what I mean? Just being honest with the fact that I do like a little bounce in my flows. And I do have this voice. Um, you know, win, lose, or draw. Right. <laughs> you know, it, uh, and that's just kind of how it happened. You know, like, yeah. it's like I had to figure out a way to do me. Yeah. My ability, even with all of these uh, outside forces influencing what you think you should be doing. Right. You know, think you're trying to appeal to something. Yeah. You know, so. You know, a few, a few oh, weeks ago. No, it's great. It's great. A few, a few weeks ago, we talked to uh, Marcel P. Black, and he's out of Baton Rouge. Yeah, he's dope. He's out of uh, Baton Rouge, and he talked about you know something similar. Like he has a lot of East Coast influences. Mm-hmm. Talks about like you know how he's a conscious MC in an area that, that like that's just not really much of a thing there, and um, you know it kind of works to his advantage because it makes him stick out. Do you feel that way in in Kansas? Like it kind of makes you stick out a little bit because you're well, unique in that way. Thing, man. And uh, there was a group in my city. So in my city, because, man, in Topeka, bro, it was like, and in a lot of markets, I'm sure it's like this in a lot of markets, but, like, there's, like, a divide, right? Mm. But in our circumstance, I feel like, again, I got a fact checker here. There was Evil Lope. For my generation, there was a rapper named Evil Lope, and then there was Devious Minds, right? Devious Minds is the group Dame was a part of. Devious Minds was the group in the town that was doing something that was closer to where my mind was at. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. they were street, but they was lyrical. Yeah. The music was different. And then you had Lope, who was more like, the West Coast influenced artists, Bay Area influenced artists, right. was rapping about stuff that I wasn't doing. Like, I wasn't doing none of that. I was right. seeing it, but I wasn't doing any of it. Yeah. So, when Devious Mind comes out, they make it easier for me, in my mind, like, oh, hold up. I can do this. Like, they got a CD in the store, mm. buying it, they opening shows in their neighboring cities. Like they were opening shows in Kansas City and Lawrence, making a lot of noise. So it gave me confidence that I wasn't alone on this particular journey. I didn't do, I couldn't do exactly what they did, but I could walk down a a certain path. So kind of like Marcel is saying, like in certain markets, you know, or I I was watching an interview with uh, Denmark Vesey in Detroit, right? Yep, yep. And he was saying, like, we love Dilla because we were fans of Dilla. But he was like, man, in Detroit, when Dilla was living, he could walk around freely. No one's going to stop him. No one's going to be like, ah, oh, you Dilla. Right. Because in that market, the stuff like, uh, I think he said it was a group called um, Cheddar Boys or mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, in those smaller markets, that. It's just kind of how it goes, you yeah. know? So in my case, it was kind of the same kind of thing. Or like a Danny Brown may not be as big as a Sada Baby or Big Sean or whatever right. in, his, in his own market. And he's Danny Brown. Right. He's huge. Yeah. Where I'm standing. But in Detroit, that might not be the case. Right. In his yeah. hometown, that might not be the case just because he's a little left center. So 
so that's kind of how my experience was. Like I had Devious to look up to, but then I was like, man, I gotta, I just gotta do do my thing, you know, to the best of my ability. Yeah. Let be left to center or not, you know. But it was Devious that gave us that courage to do that. So, that's dope. You know, Isle Moss and um, Profound, being from Chicago, they they've talked uh, before about gatekeepers, you know, mm. in Chicago, you know you know, artists that were kind of almost like mentors that kind of showed you the way. Was, was Devious Mind, did they kind of play that role for you? Yeah, man. Like, uh, Straight Jacket in particular, D Dame in particular. Uh, what's the name from my actual block, I want to say, uh, Killer the Hunt. You know what I'm saying? I stayed on Jewel, 8th and Jewel. I think he stayed on 11th. I could be wrong, but I think he stayed over there in the Central. Uh, so it's like, I had like those guys right there. Mm. Um, so, and then even going for, for, further, it was like, there was a period where I was like, man, I'm entirely alone mm. um, by myself. Like I will go to shows by myself, but it will be dope to see guys from my town in the crowd. Like, dang, yeah. like, I, mean, I don't know if you remember this story. I was in a battle. <laughs> I was battling this guy from Kansas City. Uh, he's in a group called Sess Crew, then Godimus. And I'm, I whooped everybody that night, man. I was whooping them. I got to Godimus, and he's super dope. Y'all should look up Sess Crew. They're super dope. And uh, I thought I whooped him, right? So I'm thinking, like, it's over. And then they're like, no, we're going to do another round. Like, made a new rule or something out the blue. <laughs> like, there's another I remember that. You remember that? It yeah, is like, they robbed you, bro. <laughs> they robbed you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, another round? I whooped him. I already whooped him, you know? And mm -hmm. uh, I, had to, I had to find some gas in the tank. He got me on the second half. But the L ain't the point. The point was I got in the crowd. And Dane was there, and he was just like, man, don't even trip. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't even trip. Like, Yeah, I think I was one of the judges, I think. Yeah, yeah. He was like, don't even trip, bro, because you already know what that was. Mm -hmm. That was important because in our circumstance in Topeka, Topeka is looked at as like the – trying to think. How would I describe it? Like, in Chicago, there's Gary. Yeah, Gary's not Chicago. Not at all, but it's close. In the, but it's close <laughs> in proximity, and it has its own reputation mm -hmm. right. to itself. Right? Yeah, we'll be called dead in Gary. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where you're going, bro. You, yeah. could, you could be. In that's kind of how the town is. Like yeah. Topeka to Lawrence is like Lawrence. Okay. Look at Topeka. Like I would never be in Topeka. Mm. I don't get lost in Topeka. I don't want that yeah. to happen. All over the state, you know what I'm saying? All, All over the state. Right. Bro, I remember, you know what? I remember I lived in Kansas City and I met this girl at, at, at the mall and we Listen. was vibing. As soon as I told her I was from Topeka, out. She's out. She's like, oh, y'all niggas is crazy in Topeka. I'm like, wait, whoa, I'm not one of them. Hold on. 
Exactly. So it kind of has that reputation. So mm -hmm. with me, it was like I had to like wiggle my way in there, you know, as a Topeka dude in the first place. And then that like will keep happening too. Like I yeah. just keep fighting in Lawrence and Kansas City as a Topeka dude because it was just that city that's not it. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. It's not a city that counts. Your city doesn't count. Yeah. It doesn't count. So it was always a uphill battle, you know what I mean? But like you, I said, just always trying to figure out a way. You feel you feel like being from that place, like it, it kind of made you work harder, like absolutely. was a chip on your shoulder, something to prove type of thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Like, and it's also the reason for 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 better or for worse. I always mention it. Yeah. Like. Uh, it just creates that kind of energy in you mm. where it's like, man, I'm just hard headed like that to where it's like, oh, so I don't count. Okay. I'm gonna make myself count. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. just overdo it. Like I was making them trips as many places as I could by myself, like just get in the car and just do it because they already don't believe, you know, and that used to be like kind of part of my whole, when I used to perform live, my whole thing would be like, play play duck you know what i mean like play like the guy play the lame okay y'all think it's lame all right cool and then it's super rapping from there and it's right. like what yeah catch him by surprise <laughs> that coming? like yeah, that's right yeah. now watch me, like now watch me earn it you know mm -hmm. that's so, dope so yeah. yeah that definitely comes from being from an underrated under appreciated city yeah. And yeah, even sure. when I signed the Mellow, like when I signed the Mellow Music Group, <clears throat> it was like, you know, everyone on Mellow Music was from some, a, a somewhere place. Like it's from right. DC, it's from Detroit, it's from, you know, places that mattered in that way. So for me to get on that label and be from this town, it meant, it meant a lot to me because it yeah. was oh. Y'all ain't never had a Topeka anything. Most places ain't had a Topeka anything in their roster. So, yeah. and you you got with them somewhat early on. I, I don't know when Mello was founded, but when they got really got moving, I feel like it wasn't until what 2010, 11 or so. Man, I got I was I was rocking with them via Odyssey. Shout out mm -hmm. to Odyssey. Yep. Um, and that was in 2008, nine. Eight, okay. Eight, you know. Uh, yeah, cause I I was on um, I was on. Damn, what's that project called? Odd Winter. He did an EP called Odd Winter. Mm, yep. Uh, instrumental EP, and mm -hmm. I had like one of one of me and Tranquil. I think had the only vocals on that project, and that jumped crazy because I remember uh, he flew me out to DC. He heard me on. MySpace. That's how long ago this was. <laughs> wow. Let's go back in time. Yeah. yeah. I was on MySpace and I was a top eight friend of a, <laughs> a producer in Kansas City named Miles Bonnie. And uh, he heard my music. He DM'd me and was like, yo, like, you are dope. Like, you got something different going on. You should come out to DC. And I was like, bet. Yeah, man, but like, poverty. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't even tell you 
that unless I was going to get you out here. So right. we're flying out. Uh, and I remember we're, I'm in my mind, I'm like, yo, I'm here with Odyssey. Like, this is crazy. Like, I was like, look, I was researching him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a, this is a thing. Like, this is a thing. This is a guy. Like, yeah, <laughs> a person of note. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, I remember getting down there, man. And I was like stressing because I was like, man, I don't got no songs like off the top of my head. Like, and I wrote, uh, I just wrote a thousand bars. And he was like, what you got? Yeah. He put that beat on. It's called Right, if y'all look it up. And uh, I just rap. Man, shit, cricket, the man with a simple alias. Analytical, all original flow is alien. And I just kept going, kept going, kept going. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I was kind of gassed, like, he gonna be impressed by that. Yeah. He was like, that's cool. <laughs> Ain't a song, though. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make some songs, man. And we spent the next two, three days and we made some joints, you know what I mean? And that was like the beginning of that relationship. I still I still got a ton of respect for Odyssey, man. Still consider him a good friend. Yeah. yeah I was in 2008 and uh, we went out to A3C Festival in Atlanta that year. Yep, yeah. Uh, it was dope, man. It was dope. So, yeah. So, so can you take us from that relationship to what what I think is was it your first album with Mello, the uh, city under the city? Uh, I did an album. Well, it was my first official album. Official, I, had official. Album, I had an album called Stick for Guys Himself. Right. I was already selling locally in in the Kansas City area, um, like literally, like getting the joints pressed up, mm-hmm. cutting, cutting the sheet up throwing it in the thing, burning yep. CDR. Man, people don't remember that, burning CDRs. I don't even think anyone does that at all now. Like, you don't have a need to, right? Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was selling that around at my shows. And when Mello hit me, I sold them on the idea of like, yo, what if we did like an introduction of me with this project? Mm-hmm. You know, just by uh, the way I was able to sell it, pull it off, was that uh, Seven, who is a uh, producer at Strange Music. Uh, he produces like Tech 9 and stuff. So I was like, yo, this producer, you know, he's like the biggest thing in Kansas City. He's, you know, he produced my whole project. So he was like, all right, cool. So he took that one and he do no numbers. So I was like, yep, well, that's the end of that. Like, had a good run though, you know. <laughs> uh, but then LaRange or LaOrange, uh, he was just signing to the label around that time. And he was like, what do you think about doing an album with this new producer I got? And I was like, ah, who is it? Because in my mind, I thought I was about to just either be dropped or because I didn't do, I'm trying to tell you, I did like 50 or like 150 or something crazy like that. It was not good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's over. Uh, but he was, I was like, well, maybe if I get with Odyssey, we could, you know, parlay this into another thing. He's like, no, I got this new producer. His name Larange. Uh, he's super dope. Kind of weird, but he's dope, you know. And I was just like, man, I don't know. Which I was like, now looking back on it, like, who do you think you are, bro? Like, you should just did that. But yeah, I was like, yeah, let's do it. So that album 
Yeah, that's a that's a special one, and then it ended up being like the one that most people recognize me for. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I feel like my most Googleable. <laughs> Definitely, I feel like it almost has like a cult following in the it does, man. underground hip hop world. Yeah, uh, what did you did he th- like throw a bunch of beats at you for that album? Did you do it together? How was the creation of that album? Here's the secret sauce to that. So he hit me. We had conversations over the phone for a while. You know, just build rapport. Yeah. Cool guy, good guy. And then he was like, "So look, the way I want to do this is." And it's funny you opened up talking about concept. Oh, you're good at journalism. Look at you, man. I, you, you know what? You <laughs> have to do this again. All right. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So he was like, the way I want to do my album. He didn't call it a concept album, probably because he knew it would spook me. Because mm-hmm. I was like, the way I want to do it is, I wanted to have this theme, this idea around it. And you just got to fill in the blanks, essentially. Mm. And I was like, all right, I can do that. He's like, and he would just kind of give me a loose idea mm-hmm. for each one of the beats he would send me. He's like, this one is this is happening. This one is that is happening. And I just wrote it as such. And he would just kind of, like, that's one thing I learned about <clears throat> making records with people is that, like, you got to be willing to be produced. Mm. Like like I was saying about the earlier story, like I for real was like, man, I'm just gonna go in here, I'm gonna bar out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't care about nothing. But like when you're dealing with like producers, if you trust a producer, I should say. Yeah. Importantly, if you trust a producer, you gotta be willing to be produced. So in that situation, I was willing to be produced. And he was like, Oh, like when you do this one, you know, have this kind of like a feel to it. Lay on the beat like this, you know, mm. stuff like that. And then, um, so I did like a bunch of, um, my man, Josh Brown and shout out to him. We did a bunch of recording there and we would just send them back and forth. And then he put, you know, all the interlude beats and all of the, all those ideas he put that into action. And when it was done, it was something else. Like we put monochrome out and I saw the numbers on that when it first hit, I was like, oh, this is different. This is different. People like this one. So, yeah, yeah, man. yeah it's, it's, a, it's a dope album uh, in many ways, and uh, it also introduced me to Rap City. I don't think I knew Rap City. Shout out to Rap that City. album. Yeah, how how that uh, collaboration come about? Rap City. I need another. If she ever watches this, I want to do another <laughs> song. I know you're like make it famous now, and you probably won't watch this, <laughs> but. But be that as it may, uh, I need another one. I need to do another one with you. Because she smoked me on it, man. (laughs) Smoked, man. Uh, That song came about because I think LaRange had a relationship. He's from North Carolina originally. Oh, okay. And he has some sort of relationship with her pre-Ninth Wonder or whatever. Yeah. And I think I even remember them talking about like, man, you got to get it now because like something's about to happen. Mm, they I've, had, I've had a few conversations like that in my brief time in this rap thing, bro. And it's weird how that joke is true. Like I, yeah. I remember asking Boldy James, I'm getting rambling a little bit. But I, remember, I remember Boldy James had that song. Uh, 
I sell dope. I saw dope all my life. He was still running around with the cool kids. And I was like, I hit, I still had blackberries back then. And I hit the dude like, man, I'm trying to get a verse, man. What's up? Like, man, you know, right now they 500. But it ain't going to be, you know, I'm talking, I'm having some conversations. So you got to get it now. And I just didn't have it. <laughs> it did like, boom. Yeah. Everywhere. So it was kind of the same thing with Rhapsody. Like, he knew her, had some sort of relationship with her, and sent her to be with my voice on it already. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She killed it, man. Shout yeah. out to Rhapsody, man. She's super dope. But yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah. Super dope. So of, of all your albums that you've done, do you have a favorite, a personal favorite that you act, you go back and listen to to enjoy it? Do you enjoy any, in, like, your music like that? I got a weird relationship with my albums, man. Like, I have, like, I have ones that have been influenced by everyone else's opinions of it, and then I have the ones that mm-hmm. I like a lot. Um, There's a project I did called The Pookie Tape that's on my band camp. I like that one a lot. Um, But if I were to say my favorite, yeah, I like that one a lot. And I like City Under the City a lot, man. I yeah. think um, I like I like Central Standard Time a lot. Mm. I know it, it didn't get as much uh, acclaim or whatever or looks, but I like Central Standard Time. I'm going to say Central Standard Time for two reasons. One, I got a verse with um, Elzar, and I didn't get smoked. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a feat, man. That is, that is, that's a great feat right there. I'm not saying I out-rapped him. But I am saying I didn't get smoked. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's that means something to me. You know, yeah. I have a song for rapping Fote. Mm. My idols as a kid. Wow. And get around. Yeah. Did, he, did he have to do this song? I get around. Yeah, Players Club. Players Club. Yeah. Players Club. And uh, I got a song with him. And there's a really dope song with Quelle Chris and Homeboy mm-hmm. Sam. I like that album because it shows like it's like the most. Uh, it's like the most me. Like, mm-hmm. if you were to know me and my taste and the things I like, Central Standard Time represents that the best. Yeah. But if you were going to say my best album, it probably would still be City Under the City. You know? is, is there any talk about doing another album with Lil Orange? I want to. Yeah. I you know, his, I know my, 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 uh, my inbox, every year, every time that album comes out, the, the anniversary, mm. Every time they're like, man, they got to do another. I'm open to it. I'm open to it, man. So if well, it wants to happen, it'll happen. Hopefully we'll see that. That would be yeah. dope. That'd be super. Because yeah, he's dope. been, he, he as well has been making great music. You know, great. Since album. I really like the stuff he's doing with Marlo. Yeah. Those projects are dope. Yeah, they are. Yeah, for sure. So I do want to chat just, just a little bit about your most recent, or before we go to your most recent album, uh, I.O. or uh, um Profound. Any thoughts? Anything um, on your minds? Just you know, a lot of a lot of what I I, I assumed that this brother was going to be as dope as he is right now. You know, um, just from listening to his music, what I thought was dope about what you said, Stick, is I had a conversation until maybe we can make this um, a topic one week. I had a conversation with a with a brother of mine, a close brother of mine, Draz, a scientifical. He's from Chicago, but he's down in Dallas right now, too. We had a conversation just this morning about 
there's a difference between a good songwriter and a good MC. Mm-hmm. Some people are good at both. Like uh, the example he gave was 50 Cent is a good songwriter, but you wouldn't classify him as a good MC. Right. I mean, so there's a difference. And I think the balance is what I was what I heard in your music when I listened to it is that this brother's can he can write songs and he can MC. You can tell, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's a that's a gift. Io does the same thing. That's a gift. Like you cannot. That's not a thing. It's like a superpower. Otherwise, you don't stand out amongst, you know, the the. Uh, the flock of everybody that rhymes today, you know, it wasn't like it was a few years ago where everybody, you know, wasn't rapping. But I thought that that was a dope perspective, man, in your, and um, what you said, because there is a difference between a songwriter and an MC. And then if you write in the middle of that and be, and be good right at that, I could tell off the top, like, it wasn't just about flow and words, which you was like, oh, yeah, no, this brother can rhyme. I appreciate that, man, because the thing about it is, like, it took a long time to accept, though, because, like, mm-hmm. I want to be, like, that's what I, I wanted to be, super rapper. Like, I wanted to be. Same with me. That's what we wanted. Red man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was a guy that I, I was like, man, I don't be like Red Man. Or I want to be, like, corrupt. Or I want to be like these guys. And then at some point, like I said, just in my experience with dealing with certain producers, dealing with certain musicians, they like tell you like I used to have guys say stuff like when I was younger and like I first started recording maybe like oh man it's not cool man but you like you're ruining my song and I didn't know what that meant I didn't know what that meant I was like what are you talking about making your song better with all these bars what are you talking about I'm going crazy <laughs> and it was like nah man like you gotta, it's a song it's a song they try to tell me it's a song and then I just finally clicked one day I got get your like had to get my ego out the way. Mm. Uh, but like he said about 50, though, like, many men, 50 ain't got to make another song. At all. Many mm-hmm. men is so good. Such mm-hmm. a good song. Like, he doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> that song is that good. You know what I mean? And there's people redoing the song now because it's that good. There's mm-hmm. kids, like, new kids redoing many men because the song is just that good. So... That's still like always the goal is just like to make a really good record. You know? That's dope. And, that don't, and another thing is like that don't mean pop. Like it gotta be a pop song. Like right. it gotta be corny. I think that's what it used to be in my head. It was like I ain't mm. making corny jingles. Right. What I'm doing I ain't making no jingles. Like you know, it's like no, it don't gotta be a pop song. It just gotta be a good song. Yeah. yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Speaking of good songs, uh, your most recent album that I'm aware of, Tomorrow is Forgotten. Tomorrow is Forgotten. Um, yes. Conductor Williams. Conductor Williams. Who is Conductor Williams? Conductor Williams is my good friend, man. He's, uh, he, he used to go by D-Will. We made a ton of records together as Stick Figure and D-Will. Mm. And um, I, just, I literally just got off the phone with him before I got on here with you. Oh, he did a name change and he just like had a new focus and conductor Williams, man, uh, produced on probably most notably for people who are just finding out about him is, uh, with West side gun, mm. uh, Euro step. And he did two more joints on fly God two, 
Okay. And he also has the the posse cut on um what's the latest album? Who made the sunshine? Uh the song called Frank Murphy. Oh really? Everybody okay. on it was like El Camino and mm-hmm. uh Smoke Dizza and Stove God Cooks. Shout out to him. Yep. He's so yeah. dope. And then uh but yeah, yeah, man, he's he's making moves. So but yes, uh Conductor Williams, man, he's from Kansas City. Okay. You know, uh, met him while I was making my rounds in Kansas City, uh, and we made we made our first record. It's called "Hello Goodbye," uh, and just been been homeboys ever since. You know? That's dope. He's got a nice sound on this album because it's it's you know, you know kind of has a, a boom bap feel to it, but you can't categorize it categorize it as that. It, it's kind of it's that, but it's not that at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. So it kind of has that expanding feel to it to where, you know, some boom bap hip hop is like, I'll like it, but my wife would be like, man. <laughs> right. But this right. boom bap, you know, if, if I have this on and my wife walks through, she'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool. I kind of yeah. like that. You know what I mean? It has more mass yeah. appeal to it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it still yeah. has that authentic, you know, boom bap feel to it. So hard to pull off. So um, yeah, we definitely, um, we like bonded over our love for three six mafia mm. and then like uh after like a three six mafia becoming like hip-hop heads you know what i mean so yeah. like, we kind of meet in the middle yeah in that regard and then like his you know he's a he's a beat head like he's mad live mm. alchemist right premier like he's that kind of a guy so and he's a scientist with all of that because you have to be i imagine as a producer because i look at i try to make beats i might try again but uh i, I watch guys make beats and i'm just like you're there's a different part of your brain mm. that's operating yeah yeah part of the brain that minds ain't doing without <laughs> in front of this right doing all of that i'm looking at you some different dopamine or something is firing off <laughs> That ain't firing off in mine until right. like, until the music is done. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah man, he's a, he's a machine, bro. He's incredibly talented. You are gonna hear a lot, a lot more from him. Okay. A lot, a lot of your favorites, man. For dope, sure. Dope. So, can you break down the the title? Mm-hmm. What you're getting at with tomorrow's forgotten? Yeah, tomorrow's forgotten. Even though it's not a, a an official concept album, uh, tomorrow's forgotten was kind of more. With all the stuff that's going on, uh, as I was watching, was going on historically in the world, whether it was politics or it was health um, or any of that, I just kind of had this like existential thought about history, right? Mm. I think a lot of times you forget you're always living in history. Uh, history is always happening, right? Then there's this quote. And I wish I knew who I I heard Conan O'Brien say it was said to him, but he had said that, um, you know, what? Oh, he was asking Conan O'Brien had just gotten that job at late night, and he was talking to one of the old head late night dudes, and Conan O'Brien was talking about how stressed he was about it, mm. and the dude was like man, we all are forgotten eventually. Why are you so stressed out? Hmm. And I was like, that's heavy. 
Yeah. And I think Colin O'Brien's response to that was that's so morbid and cynical and da da da. But he said, but really, it's comforting because it's gonna happen to everybody, you know? Right. So when I was approaching this record, I hadn't had the title, but when I was listening to the songs, you know, they were all kind of like me documenting how I was feeling about the moments that were happening. So like uh, Cage Bird sings or screams is like, you know, me watching what's going on, police brutality, and knowing that that's something that's been going on a very long time. And those are my thoughts about it. And then you got records like The Wind, which is like about how, which is kind of like the centerpiece of the whole record that's saying like, yo, all of this, is eventually gonna be a forgotten. It's 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 stressful now. It's a lot now, but eventually it's just gonna be a page, a history book, and hopefully, it's something we can learn from. You know, mm-hmm. so that was kind of the idea of the title. Yeah. After I listened to all the songs, I was like, "How do I surmise all of this?" You know, in one thing, and I was yeah. like, "Well, even tomorrow is forgotten." You know, yeah, that's dope. Right. Perf- Perf- you know, the concept of time. Yeah, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an inter- was- interesting idea of it being a comforting thought because it happens to all of us. You know. Yeah, it's what we all have in common. Yeah, you know, we all have that in common. Like, because we all, you know, you fear you. F- some people, you know, you fear death. You fear what you don't know, you fear what you, what you can't predict. Right. So it's like, well, if we remove that part, the fear part, you're only left with now. And then you can accept what come next. You know? Yeah. So that's just kind of how, that's how that whole record came to be. Did you check the uh, Dave Chappelle monologue? Cause I, and I was like, man, this is walking around in my brain. Like, yeah, everything he was saying was what I was thinking. Yeah, like, Dave, man, like right on, right on point, right on time. Because I'm, I'm reminded of kind of how he ended that. You know, kind of talking about like pain, and uh, you know, how, like you said, we're all united, not united, but like it's the common denominator. We we all die. We're all forgotten. We all go through pain. You know, we all feel down and. Uh, just his thoughts on like how we can use that to, to not, you know, um, divide us further, but use it to understand and have empathy, you know, for other people, you know? And it's almost like, it's almost like some people were offended by his optimism. Hmm. You know what I mean? Interesting. Like I've seen like online and maybe that's just Twitter, you know? Oh no. It's not? Okay. Because I was like, when I was watching him say some of that, it made sense to me. He was just like, look, like I as I as a black person who lived in this country know what you're just finding out. Mm. You're late to this party. Right. Like, we know. <laughs> we know. We know how y'all get down. And then now you have this whole group of people who are just finding, you know, these 
I, 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 uh, struggle to use the word disenfranchised, but I can't find another one, but there's these white folks in America who are like finding out like, Oh wait, they don't care about me. Hmm. What, what would it? And they're, they're so flabbergasted by that reality. That's why he's like, yo, come get these nigga lessons. <laughs> right. Yeah. We could tell you all about it. Right. You knew here though, you know, we could help mm-hmm. you. Or you could you could start having some empathy for all the stuff we went through with crack now that you experience it with these pills and with this right. heroin and with this that and the third what you got going on. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can either start being empathetic or you can hold on to all of that. Come get these nigga lessons. Yeah. You know and I was like, man, that's a brilliant monologue, man, because that like, dude is the in the best MC in comedy. Bruh. Dave Chappelle's an MC, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the content, it's like, dude, too smart. I, I wonder that sometimes. Maybe he's too smart. Like, mm. that, get offended. Like, like I don't uh, get it. Yeah. <laughs> get it. <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of like the whole vibe of that album. You know, with yeah. all this crazy stuff. And it's weird, too, because my man Dizel, uh, Conductor Williams, like, I didn't want to make no deep record, bro. Like, I wanted to make a laid-back record. But he was like, we talk on the phone all the time about all this stuff. Like, you have to say something. You have, yeah. to, you have to say something. Right. You know? So I was like... All right, it's gonna get real, real philosophical up in here. So I did the best I could to make it still fun to listen to in some way, though. You know yeah, I mean? and I, I think you did well because it is a fun album to listen to, and it's deep. So it's it's the best of both worlds. And if you're listening in and you have no idea what we're talking about, Google it. Tomorrow is forgotten. Um, it's a, a really good album. What's that? Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, man. Let me let me let me, let me, let me, let me, there, there it is. Let me chime in on your on uh what you just said, man, because I had another conversation with a, a close brother of mine. Shout out to Gino from the Rec Center. Shout and out. we were we were talking about just things and personally, you know, when you get the unwanted phone calls from people and you know, like when you're trying to write or you you in your space and everybody's calling and texting and all of that, and you you know, you you trying to shut people out. And I get a lot of phone calls, you know what I mean? Like I'm working on eight different projects right now. So mm-hmm. he, had, he had to remind me, he was like, brother, people are sick and we are the medicine. Mm. And he was like, so when people come to you, they come into you for a reason because, you know, like your energy pulls them, pulls them to you. He was like, and they may not know it, but they looking for some sort of positive light up out of you is why they called. And so when he said it, mm. it just put me back into the mindset of like, uh, yeah, you know, I always, I'm not I'm taking into consideration, you know, the other end of that person calling me or who, you know what I mean? And even if I am busy or whatever the case may be, I'll get back to them or whatever, but just along the lines of what you said, like people come to us, man. So you doing that, doing uh, the 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 deep song 
I appreciate that because that's what I would check for. I'm checking for that first. I'm checking for bars too. Now, don't get me wrong. I love going there too. But for the most part, it's like I'm I'm checking for the stuff that's going to touch my soul. Mm. You know what I mean? And which is why, I, like I said, when I I just listened to you for the first time today, and I was like, yeah, I gotta dig into the rest of this guy's stuff, man. This guy here. So, but yeah, man, I I just wanted to share that, man. That that people need us, B. You know what I mean? Dame, you too. People need us. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's dope that you're still doing what you do. Like, bro, when I started rhyming, I started rhyming in 85. And I never, I never thought that there was going to be an end. I never looked at it like, oh, I ain't going to never rhyme. Like, I just kept doing what I, what I do. Moved into producing. I still rhyme. I do what I do. Like, this is what I do. This is who I am. Yeah. And anytime I'm not doing that, you know, my I'm not in alignment with myself. Yeah. Mm. So Dang, it's totally all doing. That's what No, that's man. Fucking great. Yeah, and I, I like, definitely yeah. go ahead, stick. Say like it's it's that's that is a like that is a perfect way of putting it because it's like I think when I think when artists start pursuing. You have you have to be of one of two minds. Like you either have to be of the mind that you just described, like where it's like, yo, this is like, this is more than a vocation, this is a calling. You know what yeah. I mean? Because um, for but for some people, it's like, you know, like like my man was saying earlier though, like Dane was saying, like there was a there there was energy around the world that was like, man, what I look like rapping it. Yeah. Da da da. You know, right. picking whatever dumper. You know. What I look like, and it's like, man, this ain't this ain't that though. Like this ain't something you put down, you know. And, right. And you don't say it to everybody. Yeah, you, know, you don't say it to dude play sax. You don't say it to dude. Play you know play. what? I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Why are you saying it to me? I'm glad you said that. Shout out to Doug Infinite. Doug Infinite. Me and me and that's another mentor of mine. That's another mentor of mine. He said that to me years ago. I was talking to him, and he said, "Pro the jazz musicians play into their '80s and '90s. Like yeah. what are you talking about? He was like, the jazz community accept their musicians as who they are. He was like, why would you ever think about stopping? Yeah, why would I ever think about stopping? I never thought that I was going to. You know, I around, but you know, you ain't stopping. I I Let's wonder. Doug is just a, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Iomas. But what I was okay. saying, like, Doug is just a different animal, man. Because even when Doug, and shout out to Doug, too, because he's like, I feel like, I don't think I had an intimate connection with him like Pro did, but I still looked at Doug as, like, my mentor. Because Doug didn't do music for the sake of making money. And he was trying to give Kanye the blueprint, but... Kanye didn't accept the blueprint, you know what I mean? Cause Doug is just not a producer. Like Doug is a carpenter. Doug is an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Doug is a, a, a property owner. Um, you know what I mean? Like Doug just didn't rely on music to to make his living. You know what I'm saying? You didn't know what Doug was into, but that's the one thing I admired about Doug is that like what you said profound, like you never would have knew Doug did music unless you knew him like that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Until 
you know, he be, of course when he became famous, <clears throat> but even then Doug didn't carry it like that. Like yeah. if you saw him in the crowd, he would blend in right with the crowd. You wouldn't be like, oh, that's Doug. Or, you know what I mean? People mm-hmm. would have to point him out like, oh, that's Doug. Like Dilla in Detroit, it's the same mm-hmm. thing with, 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 with Doug, you know what I'm saying? So I, I think uh, that's, that's key, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I think it's important yeah. for young people today to see older MCs mm-hmm. and older artists, especially people of color, because they have this uh, stigma that hip hop is a young man's, they call it a game, but this is not a game what we doing. I don't look at it as a game. It's not a game. Like yeah. this is life. This is a part of who I am. This is hip hop was a surrogate parent for me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Coming yes. from a single parent home, hip hop was t- saying the same things to me that my mother was telling me, but they was telling it to me in my own language. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In the language yeah, where I can grasp it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So yeah, especially yeah. when you grew up in a you know a, a home where you didn't have a father such as myself. So hip hop exactly. raised me. Ice exactly. Cube raised me. Big Daddy Kane raised exactly. me. He taught me a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I'm glad y'all saying that because yeah. you know when I moved down here, that was something that I had to tackle myself. You know, I was talking to one of my partners. I was like, man, you know what I mean? You know, say so I'm getting older and this. You know, you know, society tells you you need to be doing this by this age. You should be right. married with kids. You should be doing this, and this, and that. And one thing that stuck out before I did this project, because I had a, that's something, that was a demon that I had to fight. He said, bro, let me tell you something. I'm going to keep a 100 with you. He said, man, you ain't never, ever in the history of hip-hop heard a dude say this. Man, oh, that was dope. Man, he could spit. How old is he? Nobody's ever said that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. That, that's fact. And I said, bro, I feel that. So I don't care if I'm 50 or 60. I'm never going to go out. Hip hop's in my bloodstream. If I get cut, it'll flow out. Yeah. And I, I, I'm feeling what Profound said. Hey, hey, if I ain't doing this, I ain't in alignment with myself. So you know, what I'm saying? I had a, I had to stop, I had to stop playing. And like everybody came out, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, because that's all they knew of me. And when I went back to the corporate world and doing this, like, bro, what the fuck, huh? What are you doing, like? And that's what it was. I wasn't, I wasn't in alignment. Myself. I'm glad I got on this because you know I'm actually fighting a little bug, man. I don't, I don't know if I got. I definitely ain't got Corona. You got the vid. Get, nah, man. I'm get just to you. Not playing. I had to get up, man. Some guy tapped me on my shoulders, like, bro, you need to, you need to tap into this and just see what it's about. So it's, I feel like that everything is a. There's a reason for everything, and out of everything that was said, I need to, I needed to hear profound say that. That's what I'm saying. Dope. Y'all say that. I just want to. I want to be question my man, bro. Like when you said Doug Infinite, man, I was like, mm. yo, I immediately. And you both, you guys being from Chicago, um, like being from the Midwest in general, mm. uh, you know, a lot of the Chicago. I say, Chicago organizations have had an influence on the city I'm from. You know, and I think about how that. I met GLC in the crowd at a show mm. and he was just blending in. And it's just the energy that a guy like a GLC or a guy like a Doug Infinite. And it's like, man, you start to wonder, like, this is just, this is just general questions. Ain't got really much to do about yeah. <laughs> But I was thinking like, man, how does a guy like Ye lose himself if those guys are still around him? 
He doesn't. No, like, he doesn't. He stays. Exactly. He stays centered. He stays exactly. where he need to be. Because I've met GLC, and I'm like, there's no way that this man was still in that space with these people that cared about him in a real way. Right. You know what I mean? That's Absolutely. really from where he's from. Like that, it wouldn't go the way it went. Right. You know when that man lost his mother. You know what I'm saying? Like. Right. It's just. It's just wild, man. Life is just wild like that. Yeah. It's just wild. Yeah. Well, yeah. Doug Infinite is giving game like that away. Bro, all the time. I talked to Doug last week. You know what I'm saying? All right, man. I remember. I mean, I remember I was in, because Doug owned a skateboard shop in the yeah. in Fort City Mall. And I remember uh, me and Kanye went over, went to, to the store. And that was the first time I met Doug. And Doug was telling Kanye, the money that you start to get, you need to invest that in, invest that in other things. And then Kanye was like, no, nah, I want an Everest jacket for every day of the week. And then Doug just stopped talking to him like, yeah, I can't, I can't talk to this dude. And they just, he just changed the topic to something else. Like he was like, he not there yet. But Doug always been like that Yoda dude, man. Like he was always been on something other than what everybody else. He was always like five, ten, twenty step, thirty steps ahead of everybody, man. Like he was like the whole chipmunk sped up sample. That's Doug. Mm -hmm. That's not Kanye. Like yeah. people associate that with Kanye, but that's Doug. Yeah, saying, and, it, and he it, just gave that to Kanye that's probably just one out of a million things that Doug was doing. He's like, yeah, you can have that, but I got these other things tucked away. I'm saying that's just yeah. Doug. And uh, if, if you're one, if you're listening in and you don't know Doug Infinite, uh, do your research. First heard um, him on the Resurrection album. Do, yeah, yeah, Doug Infinite is dope. And that album he did, I know it wasn't his album, um, but the album no by idea. No ID, except no your, ID. Except your own. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That album, yeah. I love that album. Yeah, that's one of I, he just. It was like he put out like this magnum opus. It was like that's it. I'm done. Just one, just one dope album, you know. And uh, Doug Infinite's all over that dope. Album. I think you know what I think that one album that you know the issue was that was on Relativity. And remember, I was on Loud. Relativity got right. taken over by Loud. At that, at, and then all of that kind of disbanded. Three Six yeah. Mafia was over. It was me, Three Six Mafia, Big Pun, Wu Tang. Uh, Ray and go separately and and then and comment for a second and then next thing you know like it, you know he would start doing the okay player stuff yeah all right uh, to calm hey speaking of this conversation we're gonna have to come back to this conversation at some point because yeah. uh if, if you haven't heard io Mas's uh story about his mom and uh kanye it's a great story <laughs> I, always love, I always love hearing that story. <laughs> I, would, I would like to hear the story. Well, yeah, we'll have to. Well, maybe we'll do that when we uh we stop the recording. Yeah. yeah, we'll do that offline. <laughs> uh, but be, before we go, though, I, I do want to do the last little segment here uh, with you, Stick Figure. I want to do a little thing we call one word. I'll put a, a flash of album cover, tell you the title, and uh, mm -hmm. just the first word that comes to your mind. Okay. Right? So we're we're gonna start with the with the album we've talked about. The city under the city. One word. Important. Important. <clears throat> I feel that. I feel that. All right. Moment of Truth by Gangstar. Defining. Mm, that's a good one. 
Equimini for Outcast. Perfect. Perfect, man. Musically, yeah, that, that album is darn near perfect. All right, here's, here's another one. The Carnival by Wyclef. Informative. Informative, all right. All right, this album, I, I cannot find a cover for this joint, so I had to take the back, the back panel. I don't know where the cover went, but this is um, The Cold Vein by Cannibal Ox. Oh, man. Industrial. Industrial. Industrious, huh. industrial. Yeah, cold do you, do you remember when you heard this for the first time? Yes. yes. Can you tell I, us about that? Because it's such an unusual album. Yeah, I was in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, I don't know why I was in Virginia Beach either. But I was in Virginia Beach, Virginia. <laughs> um, I was in a record store. I thought the cover was wild. And I looked at the back of it, and I saw the LP was producing on some of it. Yep. Just grabbed it. And I took it to my home girl house and, and she was like, what's that? <laughs> it's can of blocks. You don't know about this. <laughs> and I had a, like a red Honda Civic at the time, you know, with the little faceplate and all that. And I threw it on and I was like stuck. And I remember she looked at me and she got out the car and she went back in the house and I just stayed in the car, listened to it. Yo, that's hilarious, man. Someone, <laughs> someone today asked the question online, you know, if, if you're trying to impress your girl, what hip hop song would you put on? And it would not be a Cannibal Ox song, not from that. Oh, no, no. <laughs> that was a poor choice. That was a poor choice. <laughs> that's a poor choice. I don't think All she right. ever talked to me again. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. All right, la last one. This is The Night That Took Us In Like Family. By Lauren oh, and Jeremiah J. Is it special? Yeah, special. That's now this special. one, this one came out a, a year or two after your your joint, The City Under yeah. the City. Um, do Do you know about like the the creation of this album? Like, were you involved? I, in I know this. I know that Jeremiah J is dope. He's from Chicago, ain't he? I thought so. I think he's from Chicago, and I'm and and I remember hearing that. And thinking like, yo, this dude is super dope. Yeah. Like, he's super dope. And I became a fan of Jeremiah J through Laurent. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's a really dope album. Dope narrative as well. Yeah. Like he's really good at Laurent is really good at that. So Yeah, they they the album they cut it up in parts. There's like four parts of the album, which is super cool. So if you if you never checked out Jeremiah J before, check him out. He's super dope. Mm -hmm. Stick figure, is there anything that's coming out that you want people to know about? And me and me and Conductor Williams coming right back. Oh, uh, I ain't said nothing about it, but it's gonna happen this month. Um, after after Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, no, I won't give you the title yet, but we're coming okay. right back, and it won't be as deep. It'll be deep enough, but it won't be as deep. Okay, right on. Well, hey, that's good news. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that's great news. Great, man. We're definitely looking forward to that. And how do you like people to follow you online? And you can follow me on Twitter, uh, S-T-I-K underscore F-I-G-A. Same as Instagram, S-T-I-K underscore F-I-G-A. Um, am I on anything else? I'm on YouTube, but I'm not good at it because I'm just not <laughs> consistent. But it's stick figure as well. You can check me out on there. You know, follow, follow the kid, man. I got jokes out here. I got uh, <laughs> I got shirts. I got shirts for sale that I'm doing. I'm doing these uh, 
putting my doodles on shirts and, and selling them to cats. If you all interested, hit the DMs for that. Yeah. Um, what else? That's it, man. That's dope. That's oh, I got a question. You from yeah. Cincinnati, right? Cincinnati, yeah. That's a uh, high tech, right? Yep. High tech's from here. Yeah. He's, bump into I, him? Nah, he, he's kind of on the low. I, I met him once. Um, I think he was high, but uh, he was real <laughs> laid, laid back, cool. But I, I, ironically enough, when I first moved here in, I think, 03, I was uh, I worked with kids and uh, we were working in a high school doing kind of like a mentoring type mm. program, and uh, I was in this high school, and I uh, I remember the name of the high school. I was like this this high school sounds from I know this high school name. Turns out it was a high school that High Tech went to, and the, the principal was like, "Oh yeah, He's Tony Cottrell. He, he got out the yearbook, the year grad. He showed me. He got his, uh, his I was like, ah, oh, that's that's dope. I was walking the halls and." I, it's high school, but yeah, um, yeah, he kind of keeps a low profile here. He's got a little studio uh, in Northern Kentucky, which is you know right across the bridge, uh, right across the river. But yeah, kind of low profile. Crazy. I love high tech. High tech, I think, is one of the best. Sun God was like, yeah, one of those beats. Yeah, like, Sun God. Sun God. I'm kind of upset. I, I'm kind of upset that they doing this Black Star album and he's not because I consider him a part of Black Star. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, like, but I'm not. I'm not mad. I mean, it's cool they went to Mad. I'm not dissing Mad Lib, but I just feel like you know it's kind of like. It's almost unfinished business, right? Yeah, like I don't. Yeah, yeah. and it's missing the original elements, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel you 100. percent However, I will say, when Little Brother got back together last year and made their album, Ninth Wonder was not involved, which felt oh, kind of wow. weird. But it's a dope yeah. album, in my opinion. It's a dope it's album. A dope I wish, album. I wish, I, I wish to know more about. Like maybe I shouldn't be so nosy though. That's just the rap. What's <laughs> up? The rap nerd in me wants to know why little brother couldn't just get Ninth Wonder to make the beats. Like, right. what's the story? Like, what's going on? Like, it's I not little brother. I just feel it's not little brother without Ninth Wonder. He's yeah. in. It's That's not. Okay. It's not gangster. It, it's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I understand. Someone else's beats is not gangster. I it, forget. I forget the podcast, but uh, Fonte and Big Rapper Pooh were on a, a podcast talking about that and kind of breaking it down. And what I heard was like, they just, they were two grown men, well, three grown men that had some differences and uh, how they, you know, were, were going to work together. And they were just like, we just can't work under these circumstances. So wow. went their is own it, way. Is it, uh, is it run DMC without Jam Master J? I don't think so. All right, then. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think so. Well, listen, I mean, if you take Jam Master J out of that equation, there is no hats. There is no right. jean jacket. Yeah. He brought that to them. You know what I mean? Oh. So, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Well, li listen, Stick Figure, we really appreciate you being here today, uh, taking time out. Having me, man. Sharon, right. yes. If you all don't know Stick Figure, he told you how to follow him online. Make sure you do that. Uh, go get his albums. You can get his album. Some of his albums uh, that are mellow music, super cheap right now because they're doing their yeah, they're annual. They sell, man. They're selling. Yep, they're selling yep. them on. The, they're cutting the prices down. So, yeah, yeah go over there and, and grab some. Get all that, and we'll be back next week. We have um, Kyle David. If you know about the five Ds, 
a legendary uh, hip hop crew out of uh, Ohio, Cincinnati, and uh, some other spots. Uh, he's one of those members and he's gonna be here. He just put out a new album with Homage CVG, a really dope producer here in Cincinnati. So come on back next Thursday. We'll be back next Thursday live for the Boom Bap Chat number 33. So we'll see you all next time. Peace, 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 peace.